Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The topic which Rabbi Rothwax Shalita described is not the one that I saw on the flyers that were hanging in the yeshiva. Rather, it was a much more pointed topic, which went something like this. Mm. You're looking for what? And the beautiful graphic design had a young man on one side and a young woman on another side, each one in their hand with a long list. For those who looked carefully, the man's list was longer than the woman's list. <laughs> You're looking for what? That is the topic I want to address this evening. Before we go any further, we have to translate the word looking. The word looking means two different things. And on a literal level, looking, looking with one's eyes at some image, some physical image that one sees, it's a simple reading of looking. And yes, I'm here to say at the outset that this looking is of extraordinary importance. And I would like to begin by quoting a source, a Rashi, from yesterday's parsha. Rashi tells us, in explaining a Pasuk towards the end of Parsha's Vayakel, Perek Lamed Ches Pasuk Ches, Vayas Eis HaKiyor Nechoshes Vayas Kano Nechoshes Bimaros HaTzovos, etc. The Kiyor was made of mirrors, says Rashi. Benos Yisrael HaYabiyodon Maros. The daughters of Israel had in their possession copper mirrors. Sheros bohen kishen viskashtos, which they would look into when they would beautify themselves. And even those mirrors they did not withhold from being into the Mishka. But Moshe rejected them because they were made for the lush, for the for the Yetzirah the evil inclination. Now listen to every word. Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Kabel, accept them. Ki elu chavivin min hakol. Because these mirrors are dearest to me of all. Why? Well, in Mitzrayim, the women would take these mirrors, v'chol achas roa atzmo imbala bamaro. And each one would view herself with her husband in the mirror. And, and entice him with the word saying, I am handsomer than you. As a result of this, they fulfilled the mitzvah of Pruravu, and Am Yisrael multiplied and were able to be delivered from the bondage of Egypt. Quite a remarkable statement, which Rashi calls from Chazan. It's interesting that the idea of looks comes up in the Talmud as well, in a very remarkable Gemara, the very last Gemara in Mesech Tanis, the very last passage. And the Gemara is telling us 
about days of the year when the Jewish women would dance and Shidduchim would be made and each woman would accentuate the positive. That's the way you have to do it. What did the beautiful ones among them say? Tnu einechem liofi. Pay attention to beauty. She'ein ha'isha eloliofi. For a wife is primarily for beauty. What do the one of, ones of distinguished lineage among those say? Pay attention to family. For a wife is primarily for childbearing. And therefore the family is most critical. Now you may think this is some kind of a question of what women are saying and has no bearing on how we in fact conduct ourselves, but that's not the case. The Shulchan Aruch, in the opening line, I repeat, the very opening line, this is a big volume, Shulchan Aruch Eben Ho'ez, a very big, important work. We're going to be only one line of the Shulchan Aruch, the very first line. Chayav kol adam lisa isha k'day lifros filirbos. Every man is required to marry a woman in order to procreate. Says the Vilna Gaon. <clears throat> what does this mean? He cites the Talmud and the Masech Tatanis. And upon elaboration, which we have no time to go into right now, you can look it up. He says that the, the Tana in the Mishnah in discussing which one a person should follow. Should you follow the looks or follow the family? Concludes, Sheker achen vehevel hayofi isha yiras Hashem itisala. Therefore, says the Vilna Gaon, the Shulchan Aruch, in accordance with the Mishnah, rules that a man is required to marry k'day lifros filirbos. This is not to say this is the only purpose of marriage. It's a primary purpose of marriage. And for this reason, the Pesach Halacha is not to follow the beauty, but to follow the family. It's an actual Pesach and Shulchan Aruch, as per the interpretation of the Vilna Gaon. Remarkably, the Vilna Gaon continues. Listen very carefully to this one. Sheker Rachem, you all know the Pesach. Vehevel Ayofi, Isha Yiras Hashem, Hitishalo. A woman who possesses the fear of the Lord shall be praised. Shall be praised for what? On a simple level, of course, shall be praised for a fear of heaven. However, the Vilna Gaon says no. That's obvious. Shall be praised for her chain and her yofi. Didn't we just say, Sheker HaChain yofi? Sure. Chain and yofi by themselves are Sheker and Hevel. Lies, nothingness. However, Isha Yiras Hashem, if a woman possesses the fear of God, he tishalo not merely for her Yiras Hashem, but also for her Chain and for her Yofi. What a remarkable interpretation of the Vilna Gaon. <clears throat> 
How do we define this Yofi? Well, a famous individual from a different part of the world exclaimed that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Well, what kind of a beholder should one be? Mishnah tells the Masechta Nedarah Madav Samach Vav Amar Aleph Benos Yisrael Noosheim Jewish young women are beautiful. Now that is a Psach Halacha has relevance in Nilchus Nedarah. If we want to question this is to question the traditions we have from our rabbis. But you'll say this is a matter of empirical fact. Either they're knows or they're not knows. Not true, as we just said, from an outside source. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. What this means is that those women who can be categorized as not knows, as eno knows, represent but a miyuch eno matsui a very small minority. And if you say to yourself, you don't see things that way, it's because you're not looking straight. Unfortunately, as in many other areas of life, members of our community are unduly influenced by outside culture. Some young men, even those who wear yarmulkes and keep the mitzvahs, have this idea that the young lady they're looking for in marriage has to be like a Hollywood model. And therefore, well, the group that can be a Hollywood model is itself a miyut she'en omotsu, on the other side. So they've turned it completely around. Instead of following the Chazal, that Benos Yisrael knows saying that Jewish women are pretty, and those who cannot fit into that category are a very small minority, they've turned it around. The Jewish woman that they're looking for is someone who could be found on the cover of a magazine as a model. Well, of course, that's a small percentage too. What about the, the vast middle? Halacha declares them, declares them as noos, as beautiful. Despite the attitudes of any individual in any generation. Truth to tell, if someone questions my judgment, then feel free. I have a simple piece of advice. You mentioned before when you quoted Rashi in yesterday's parsha about the mirror. Now, of course, generally speaking, in those days, men wouldn't be looking in mirrors, as the Talmud teaches us. I give you a dispensation for all men. Just look in the mirror. And after you look in the mirror, perhaps you'll realize that if you're looking for a Hollywood model, it's not a match. B'nos Yisrael Yafo saying, and I'll say, no saying, I'll say, B'nai Yisrael Noim Heim. That's just the way it is. Most individuals look all right. This overemphasis upon looks is a disastrous import from alien influence. Unfortunately, it gets worse. I say this with hesitation, but I feel I must reveal the truth for those who are in the know or in the trenches. It's worse than that. Aside from 
an overemphasis on the pretty face that, of a, that a woman is required to have for this, from this individual's perspective, there are even those who go beyond that and ask respectable shatchanim, including rabbis and rabbitsons, could you please tell me her dress size? says a lot. It gets even worse than that. But I don't feel it's appropriate to share the more graphic questions that are raised in a public forum. But it's true. Where does this come from? Ba'avon Hosein Horabim. I say it with pain. It's totally inappropriate. Truth to tell that the Gemara does tell us in Mesech Tuxubas Taf Ayin Hey that there was a custom to check for otherwise hidden blemishes. And it would be done in the Beis Hamerchots, in, in a public bathhouse. But again, this is checking for the Miyut She'en Omotsui, for the, the, the unusual blemishes which could really harm a marriage. I'm discussing the, well, forgive the expression, the average individual fits in the range of normal. And again, to repeat, that these women are entirely pretty, pleasant. Anything beyond that is, I'm sorry to say it, I'll say it in, in our language first, Chaloimus, dreams without basis, coming likely from secular sources, magazines, perhaps movies and other screen images that a person has seen in his lifetime and he thinks this is the way it's supposed to be. There's absolutely no truth to this. So let us turn our attention, go back to our topic. You're looking for what? Until now we translated the word looking in the most basic sense, looking with your eyes upon a physical object. But the word looking means much more than that. It means searching. And yes, what are we supposed to search for? Instead of searching, as we mentioned earlier, as others have unfortunately been corrupted, to search for the midos of the woman's body, we are duty-bound to search for the midos of the woman's neshama. And what are these midos? No secrets here. We look back to the beginning, back to Chumash Bereshis, where we find that in the very first attempt at a shidduch in the history of Am Yisrael, Eliezer, the servant of Avram, attempting to find a marriage partner for Yitzchak is looking for the Midas HaChesed, the Midah of kindness. And it's no accident that this particular Midah is chosen. Kindness means giving. And anyone who wants to be involved in a proper marriage has to be a giver. I, I cite for you Michtav Meliol by Rav Dessler, who explains that a marriage is workable and happy when each party attempts to give to the other. It's a lifetime of giving. If each party wants to be a taker, 
That's when the stingsim goes sour. Because after a while, a person may make a calculation, you know, I'm putting more into this than I'm getting out. That's a business metaphor. So in business, this red ink, you sell the business. And there are those who are unfortunately doing something similar with their marriages. Rahman al-Islam. Coming from a wrong attitude. A marriage is an opportunity to give. To give, to give, and to give more. In all aspects of marriage, from the most public to the most private. Marriage is all about giving. And therefore how appropriate it is that in the very first marriage of the Torah, Eliezer decides to, that the litmus test should be the midah of chesed, of the potential wife for Yitzchak Avinu. However, a little bit beneath the surface, there was another midah, which was found in the same parsha, the parsha of Chayesara. Just beneath the surface. Eliezer is looking for a wife, and he prays to Hashem and says, the very beginning, Perek Chavdalat Pasuk Yubeis, Hakreino Lefonai Hayom, Hakre means from Lashon Mikre, let it happen to be, be a happenstance. Says a Kliyakar, May Hashem present me with a Nara Chashuva, with an important girl, She'ein Darka Lotzeitz Klal, who's not a gadabout, never, never, is never seen outside. Just today, Lefane, by, by coincidence, quote, she should come out. Kedei Shalot Min Onios. She should not be a gadabout who's seen constantly in public. To prove the point, the Kliyaka quotes from the Pasuk a few psukim later, which so many of us know from our study of Chumash and Rashi, and disregard the simple literal interpretation. Rivka comes out. This was Pasuk Yudbeis. Rivka comes out in Pasuk Tezayin, a mere four psukim later. Yes, as we said before, she's beautiful. We can praise women for their beauty in association with the Yiras Hashem. Many of us remember what Rashi t- explains. Does a Kliyaka know the simple interpretation? No one knew who she was. How could no one know who she is? The answer is she's not seen in the street. She, that, was a, that was a first coming out, if you will, as Eliezer had prayed. She was a woman who was not Menayat Sonius, who never came out. And no one knew her. And therefore, if you look a few psukim later, there's a common quick succession. After she gives the water, he asks her in Pesach of Gimel, Bas mi at. In effect, who are you? And there's some, maybe some single young men in the audience today who will try to repeat what Eliezer said and ask, who are you? If they're in some kind of a social event. Let me tell you, instruct you, it's not polite. You don't ask to a girl, who are you? Rather, you ask somebody else, 
Who is she? That's the way to do it. Now, didn't Eliezer, didn't Eliezer uh, take the uh, Emily Post course in, in basic manners? Why did he ask, who are you? The Kliyaka addresses that question. He also knew about manners. And the Kliyaka says, Loma lo shar naras shayu shama. Elo, tefisha ish lo yuda'ah. Kaloma lo hikira. No one knew who she was. So he had no choice. He had to ask her, who are you? This is the opening comment of the Kliyaka on this parsha. He teaches us, therefore, that there's a twin to the Midah of Chesed. And that is the Midah of Tznius. And the two go together. This is not the time to elaborate on the close linkage between these two Midos, but briefly stated, one can understand their connection by contemplating the opposite. The opposite of both Chesed and Tznius is what we call in our language an Ayin Roh or an Ayin Horah. We are taught that if you're stingy, it's called an ayin ro. If you're generous, it's called an ayin tova. And as a matter of fact, the Kliyoka comments on the Maimah Chazal, Kala she'ineha yofos eino tricha bedika. It doesn't mean blue eyes. It means an ayin yofa, a generosity of spirit represented by a good eye. She has a meat of chesed, it's wonderful. But ayin yofa is also the opposite of, of an ayin hara. I know it's a halachic concept, but Babasu Dav base. We try to hide things, not flaunt them. Whether it be our bodies, our wealth, our talents, whatever it may be. And this woman has to have the accompanying Midah of Tzniyas together with Chesed in order to qualify. Unfortunately, in today's world, the Midah of Tzniyas is sorely lacking. We find a lot of Chesed today. Yes, but it's often not accompanied by the requisite and critical sneus. Based upon the street, yes. As we saw in the graphic questions that are being raised by ostensibly observant potential chasanim, which are amazing. People aren't ashamed to ask these questions. A book was written not long ago called Why Doesn't Anyone Blush Anymore? Good book, you should read it. We are not only Rachman and Gomech Hasadim, but to link the two, we must be Baishanim. This is very, very important. Otherwise, even the Chesed itself is to show what a great Baal Chesed you are. That's what it boils down to. And that's something which we are not interested in. Once in a while, it's necessary to set aside the Midah of Tzniyus. We read, not yesterday, but last Shabbos, another remarkable Rashi. And this Rashi is referred to by the Kliyakar when he tells us in Parshas Chayesara that the, the two Nizamim Asara Zav Mishkalam represent the two Luchos and the Ten Commandments. And what are they doing here? We're afraid of an Ayin Hara. The Ayin Hara ultimately broke the Ten Commandments. 
As Rashi tells us, in Parshas Kisisa, Lamed Dalet Gimel, V'ish loyal imach, no one will ascend with you when you receive the second luchos. As Rashi, Harishonos, the first luchos, Aydei Shehoyo B'tshuos V'kolos V'kehila, they were given with fanfare, great sounds, and in a throng. Shalta Bahen Ayin Ra were affected by the evil eye. Ein Lachayofa Minatznius. There was nothing better than modesty. So they asked the obvious question. So why didn't Hashem give the first Luchos quietly to avoid the evil eye which broke the first ones? The answer is there was no alternative. A quick glimpse into the Rambam and into the Kuzari yields the understanding that the Mamad HaSinai in public in front of millions is the cornerstone of our faith. There was no alternative but to have it done with fanfare in throngs. But the price that was paid was that the luchos were ultimately broken. In life, we have to once in a while come out of our privacy and our modesty to do what has to be done. But it comes with a cost. Therefore, is the hallmark of the meters we should be looking for together with chesed. I've been asked, so then what should a young lady look for in a man? I have to have a parody. My answer is exactly the same thing. About chesed and about tznius. Tznius is not about dress. Tznius is a, is a quality of the neshama. The same thing. Chesed and tznius in both partners in marriage. That's what we have to look for. Very, very, very important. As biti nasati la ish has to be a mensch, an ish. After that, perhaps you're looking for a Talmud Chacham, you're looking for a person who has a, a, a lucrative career. You have to first have to be a mensch. You know, there are those who marry for money. We've been focusing upon looks until now. Let's be real. Shulchan Aruch discusses this too, based on our Talmudic passage. This is in Shulchan Aruch, Evan Ezra, Simon Bays. Person shouldn't marry for money. I know Seisha Mishamamon, Havin Lo Bonim Sheena Mahuganim. Chalilah can impact on your children. Now the Ramah, it's true, limits it to a woman who is of not perfect lineage. However, the Vilna Gaon says not that way. He understands it very simply. You should not marry for money. Of course, the Vilna Gaon in Simon Beis is consistent with Simon Aleph. There he said, the Pesach Aloha is like the Mishnah, that you should marry for Yiras Hashem, not for Yofi, and not even for Chain. What is Chain? Tachunu Bizuhuvim. He'll give us gold jewelry to make us look nice. So therefore, we should not be looking for money any more than we should be looking for extraordinary looks. In general, we should not limit ourselves. Those lists that you saw on the flyer. I want this, 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 this. They're absurd. Nothing short of absurd. People want a certain height, a certain 
educational background. It's absurd. The hard and fast rules. It has to be this way. I'll give you two stories of people I know very, very well. The first about someone who was a graduate of Columbia. And he said, look, I can't expect that the girl will be from Columbia, but she certainly has to have gone to college. Otherwise, I have nothing to talk to her about. And he limited himself and limited himself until he finally married a girl who never set foot in college. Another close time of mine said, he wants to be a little bit more Haredi. And whatever, he's not going to marry a girl who studied in Michlala. That's a little too modern for him. So he went out, went out, went out, went out for years until he finally married a girl who went to Michlala. I'll give you just two examples of that. Many. Don't make absolute rules. They all fail at the end anyway. You can have guidelines, that's fine. There are no absolutes. One should be a mensch, he or she, chesed, and, and, and sneus. But all these other things, it's absurd. Oh, I'm going to only marry a boy or a girl who wants to live in Eretz Yisrael, or live in America. Relax. See how life goes. Only in Chinuch, only not in Chinuch. Relax. People are 22, they have no idea where they're going. They change their minds so many times. What are you talking about? Don't make absolutes. Preferences, yes. Absolutes, not. Shua Barov Yoetz, we are taught. There comes the time in the Shidduch process when one should be seeking counsel. If you can figure it out on your own, that's fine. If you can't, ask somebody. Who should you ask? Ask for some, someone who has experience. Sometimes Shadchanim, sometimes Rabbonim, or Rebetzins, or there are professionals in the field, couples counseling. Please do not involve singles. Please. It's just not good policy. It can lead to all kinds of terrible conflicts of interest. Even if a single person, boy or girl, has an idea, and these ideas are wonderful, people who we quote in the parsha, they know all the ideas. My advice, you can have the idea, but the person who's the go-between, who's going to quote, read the shidduch, should be a married individual. That's the way it always was, and that's the way I think it has to be. People ask you, what do you know about this boy or this girl? They're asking you for facts. Give the facts as you know them. Please don't end with the common coda. Yeah, this, this, this. But it's not for you. It seems to be almost a, a reflex. Because you make a cheshman. No, it's not for you. Who said you're right? That's a subjective evaluation. Often proven wrong in the real world. Unless it's something which is extraordinarily inappropriate. And yes, the laws of Lashon Hara apply here in full force in both directions. Not to say what you're not allowed to say and not to be silent when you have to say. Lo Sabar al-Dameyach applies to Shiduchim very strongly. It's a balance. If you're not sure, ask a question of a Rav who knows the laws of Lashon Hara, knows how to tell you what to do. Back to the lists. Why are the lists of the boys longer than those of the girls in the, in the graphic design? For two reasons. One, they have more chaloimus, more craziness in their heads. And two, this is very unfortunate, 
they have longer lists of potential candidates. That's a reality. Having married off both boys and girls, I can tell you it's a reality. Boys have this one and this one and this one. Notebooks full. And girls you know, can't always get a date. I can't go into now the reasons for it. It's just a reality. If you ask anyone in the field, it's true. But that leads to terrible, terrible conclusions. There are boys who think, why, why should I focus on this girl? I gotta go out with her. But while he's going out with her, he has in mind that whole long list back in his apartment. So he can't give this girl a fair chance. He's thinking right away about other people. It's a disaster. It's unfair. It's immoral. It's unethical. You, just, you agree to go out with a young lady. You focus on her and on her only. So many men we know, because of their long lists, they can't commit. They're always thinking, there's another one, another one, another one, and a month goes by, and a year goes by, and a decade can go by, and they're still single. Longer and longer lists. We all know these lists are worthless. A marriage partner is priceless. And yes, I'm against two-timing. I know that there are those who disagree with me. My view, if you're going out with a young lady, you're focused on her, and you're only going out with her. You're not going out with anybody else at the same time, and if you ask me, you shouldn't even be taking suggestions during that time. You're focusing on this young lady. That's it. My time is almost up. I'm going to go back to the beginning, to Beratius. The first thing that Eliezer did, we already described what he said, but that was not a date. That was a tefillah. That was a prayer, an earnest prayer. With the shalsheles, with the pazer. The prayer of Eliezer was a lengthy one. And therefore everyone who's into, into the shidduch parasha, as we call it, should begin with tefillah. Should begin with prayer. Chazal tell us in the Gemara, Al Kain Yispalal Kol Chosid Leis Mitzol Leis Mitzol Zuisha, as it says, Mata Isha Masatov. You have to daven. We sometimes are so into the nitty gritty, we forget the most important aspect of our Hashtadlis, which is Tefillah. Remember when I got engaged, so my mother, Aleha Shalom, I was using a, a phrase that had been taught to her, said about how happy she was with my choice. Hmm. Er hat gut gedavent. That's how they said it in Europe. He davened well. We should always be mindful of the power of tefillah. Yes, the young man and the young lady and their parents and their friends. Rabbi Rothwax mentioned, Chazal say it's koshes yivugan kekriyas yamsuf. That is true. It can be very difficult. It can be very protracted and frustrating sometimes. But you know, Yeshua Hashem Keherafayim. Kriyas Yamsuf happened in the flesh. And so can any shidduch happen, as we've heard so many stories. Remember, Chazal tell us in the Medrash that Hashem is busy with shidduchim since Sheshes Yimei Bereshis. It's His preoccupation. And let us be involved as well. Mahu Afata. If the Rabbonu Shalom is Mezabek Zivugim, so should we do our best to become involved in making Shaduchim. It's very, very important. I conclude with a prayer 
that the tefillah should be accepted. Those of the young men and women, their families and their friends. Each and every young man, young woman, who is looking for a shidduch, should be blessed with an appropriate shidduch, and to be blessed, to be able to build a bias, Neman Remember, as these homes and the children that come from these homes, that we said at the very beginning, quoting Rashi, quoting Chazal, Hashem says, these mirrors, achavivim alayim in hakol, is the most precious to me, because this is the future of the people of Israel. May we be privileged through our sincerity and our Yerushamayim as we approach this matter of Shaduchim to be blessed with proper Shaduchim. And as a result of these Shaduchim and the homes and families that will result, may we be blessed to once again be able to utilize these mirrors, these maras, atzovos, in the base of Migdash, Sheyibane, Bimheir of Yameinu. Amen.